exurga deus discipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunt eum afacia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. The last couple of days, I have noticed that the conservatives fell for the trick. It was a subtle trick. It's something that you would have actually had to been paying very, very close attention in order to keep from falling into the trick. But the corpse in chief's press secretary said it, and the conservative media fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelo, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraesidium. Imperet illideus supplicas deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis. Satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad peditionem animarum. Pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum detrude. Amen. Speculum justitiae, ora pro nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus et Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Cogetio Est. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I saw it last night, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, I like, I could believe it, but I couldn't believe how easily they fell for it. Why do I say they fell for it? Easy, because they ascribed incompetence where there is malice. Now, it's been almost two minutes, two minutes now, and I still haven't actually said what trick they fell for. Asked yesterday with a softball question talking about corporate greed and its role in inflation, Jen Saki, Peppermint Patty herself, the um, the soulless ginger behind the microphone responded, there is an aspect to it that is most definitely corporate greed. And I'm not quoting here, I'm paraphrasing. She said, most definitely, like when you take, for example, the meat industry, there seems to be, there definitely seems to be some corporate greed going on there. And conservatives fell for it. Why did I say that? Why do I say they fall for fell for it? Because if you listened a few months back, I have an episode where I talk about big meat, the meat mafia, how cattle prices for ranchers, when they're trying to sell their, when they're trying to sell their cattle, the prices haven't actually gone up even though feed prices and all of like all of the upkeep prices have gone up, but the sale prices for beef for, for the actual livestock itself has not gone up. And we've known this for several months, because if you remember the meat prices were going up months ago. <clears throat> and if the rest of the conservatives, and if many people in Catholic, so like, well, I don't know, I can't really speak too much to the Catholic side of it because I haven't heard anybody on the Catholic social media talk about big meat. Rightly so, because it's kind of dirty. <clears throat> but if you were listening to this podcast and maybe watching the Glenn Beck program, then about four months ago, three, four months ago, you would have actually caught on 
to when Beck was talking about the meat mafia and how cattle prices hadn't gone up, but the actual output prices, like the, the price at the store, went up. And we know that the wholesale prices went up. But wholesale, and this is the thing where, where it blew my mind. If I sell you three head of cattle, those three head of cattle are not wholesale. Those three head of cattle are raw produce. They're the baseline materials. They're the raw materials that go into the meat packing plants that then come out of the meat packing plants wholesale. Capish? So if the cattle prices haven't gone up, but the meat prices have gone up, and the stores were getting fleeced by the wholesalers, and they were, who were the wholesalers? The wholesalers are the actual meat packers themselves. The guys who process, the guys who bring you your processed meats. And as much as it pains me to say, yes, that includes Steakums. And if you don't follow Steakums on Twitter, that's actually one of the most wildly entertaining Twitter, Twitter accounts out there. And it's really wild because it's an obvious advertising, like, like they're on there for advertising, but they're one of the best, like their means of advertising is probably, well, their means of getting their name out there is one of the best, but this includes Steakums. So when Steakums sells 50 pallets of Steakums, the wholesale price of those pallets is higher. But the cattle, the beef that came off the ranch to make those steakums, that price was not. That price has not significantly gone up. In fact, the, ca- the price of cattle hasn't even gone up with the wage increase over the, over the last decade. <clears throat> now, I really hate to say, oh, don't take my word for it. Do the research. But don't take my word for it. Do the research. You can actually find out that the livestock prices have been largely flat and the wholesale price of beef has not been. Now, why is this important? This is important because the conservative media class, all of the big talking heads, the Ben Shapiro's, the the Dan Bongino's, and don't get me wrong, I like Dan Bongino. But he's a conservative, like he's like he's not a Catholic. He's a, I mean, he's a conservative. He is a Catholic, but he's not a Catholic first. He's a conservative first. It's like his whole his whole label, just like him and Laura Ingram. They are both conservatives before they're Catholic. Their Catholicism informs their conservatism, but not nearly enough to save them from getting caught by this trap. So let me do a recap of the meatpacking industry. Four major mega corporations: JBS, Smithfield, uh, Continental, and one other that I can—I think of Tyson or uh, there's one other. But the four major meat conglomerates. JBS used to be Swift Meats. Swift Meats back in the 30s got antitrust attention pointed at it because of, because of their mafioso-style tactics, which have not changed. They're just a little bit more quiet about it. They merged with a couple of other smaller companies and they became JBS. The S in JBS is Swift Meats. Smithfield is owned by China. Now you have four companies. Two of them, one of them owned by China. Two of of them 
are owned by foreign country are or owned by foreign entities or foreign governments. The other two are American, but they're kind of heavily invested in the impossible meats, the lab grown soy boy meat stuffs. They're heavily invested. Why are they heavily invested? Because what is it that's on the 2030, the agenda 2030, the old agenda 21, the great reset. What's the key thing? What it's one of the staples for the soup, for the super not so great reset that they want to impose on the, on the whole world. They want you to eat bugs and lab grown meat instead of steak and beef and chicken and pork. They want you on the lab-grown meat and the bugs and the bug patties rather than actually eating real meat. This has been a long-established thing, and they tried to blame it on climate change, although nobody took it seriously because they were busy talking about the methane emissions of the cattle are causing devastating effect to the environment. Which is totally not true because cow farts have been a thing long before they like seriously long before we were long before humankind covered as much of the earth as we do now. Now, when you remember that they want you to not eat meat, what is the best thing that they could do? The best thing they could do is actually run cover for these meat companies that are all in on the Great Reset trying to make meat too expensive for you, the common man, to eat. So what do they do? They go, well, yes, we think that part of the inflation, part of inflation is actually corporate greed. In fact, if you take, for example, the meat industry, the meat conglomerates, I believe is actually the phrase she actually used. And to describe the meat conglomerates as conglomerates is not wrong. Because we are talking about mega corporations. We're talking about corporations that are assemblies of corporations. All of whom deliver meat. So she throws the meat industry under the bus. And what happens? Dun, da, da, da. The white knight conservative comes galloping in going, but my business and runs cover for one of the most corrupt industries in America. And it's corrupt for several reasons. It's corrupt, first of all, because almost 40% of our beef is controlled by foreign countries. 20% of our beef is literally controlled by China. Because some jackalope thought it'd be a good idea to sell Smithfield Foods to the Chinese Communist Party. So 20% of the meat price you can attribute to, to economic warfare on the part of the Chinese Communist Party. I'd say that's pretty corrupt. Wouldn't you? I mean, you got these nice handy-dandy American names, JBS Meats, Continental Meats, Smithfield, Tyson Foods. I mean, these are household names. These are names that people know. Well, not Continental Meats. I didn't even know they were a thing. <clears throat> but Tyson and Smithfield, those are household names. They couldn't possibly be trying to undermine the people of the United States of America by forcing them off the meat so they can send the meat exports into China. Except that's pretty much what they're doing. 
Only 20% of America's meat products actually come from small farm, small operation producers. And most of those meat products are going to be your niche products. So it's going to be, in some cases, it's going to be some of your more exotic fish. It's going to be like your farm-raised fish in some cases. It's going to be your lamb, your goat meats, especially if you can get those. But most of the meat that you see on the shelf, when you walk into your supermarket, assuming that assuming that you're not getting hit by that shortage again, most of the meat that you see on the shelf, when you walk into the supermarket, into, into, the, into the meat department, 80% of that meat comes from Tyson, Smithfield, JBS, or Continental. And it doesn't matter what kind of the meat. Because when we're talking about meat megacorps, we're talking about the companies that own Oscar Mayer. We're talking about the companies that own Hillshire Farms. Is it settling in? You got all those nifty labels, especially like even those nice big package labels. I got the nifty, cute little, you know, uh, uh, funny looking, you know, nice professional deal going on there. And it's like, oh, Tyson and oh, Hillshire Farms and oh, um, you know, Johnsonville Brats. Those are all under the same umbrella companies. All of them. Fifty percent of the meat packing industry, the big mega conglomerates, which is to say two of the four companies have taken millions, if not billions of dollars in research funds specifically to develop impossible meats. So your soy based, your plant based and your bug based and whatever, like all of like your lab grown meats. Gee, I wonder what their agenda is. Maybe it's to sell their new product, just like big pharma and the, and the, and the vax tax. And I really hate to be saying it like, like no joke. I hate to be showing up like this because if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you're listening to this episode for the first time, then you're just like, oh, he just compared the meat industry to big pharma. Well, that couldn't possibly be true. Well, let me ask you this. Was big pharma a threat? Were they a threat in the early 2000s? Did we not trust? Did we trust big pharma back in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10? I mean, do you ever remember trusting Pfizer? I mean, you can get a little 50-50 with Johnson & Johnson. I mean, up until, you know, Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson came off with, I think, between the two of them, close to $5 billion in criminal settlements. Pfizer is actually the largest criminal organization in the country. And for some reason, it's, well, excuse me, it's the second largest criminal organization in the country. It is the largest convicted criminal organization in the country. And yet they're permitted to continue to operate. And they haven't been shut down despite being convicted, convicted in federal court. We're not talking about civil lawsuits. We're not talking about, we are not talking about civil lawsuits. We are talking about criminal trials have been convicted in criminal court and forced to pay billions in fines. And for some reason you pay the fines. Oh yeah, but you still fund the FDA. So we're going to let you keep going. This is one of those times where it like you kind of have to because you kind of have to step back. Like for me to look in the meat department and see that rack of lamb and think China. It's a hard stretch. It's a hard sell. For me to stand 
in the meat department, look at that butterball turkey and think impossible whopper. It's a stretch. And by the way, I'm not necessarily tying those together properly because honestly, I didn't try. I don't know who makes a butterball turkey and I don't care. And I don't know if China actually controls any portion of the lamb market. Actually, point of fact, the, the supermarket up here was the first time I'd ever seen lamb in the meat department. You go to the rest of the country, it's like steak, 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 hamburger, steak, steak, chicken, turkey, occasionally pork, 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 steak. Up here, I'm not even dry. I think I spent almost $100 in lamb <clears throat> when, I, when I came across that. So, like, I was, I was pretty stoked about that. Lamb burger. I've had, like, four since I've, since I've been up here. <clears throat> but for me to stand in the meat department and look and see all of that corruption is a really, really hard stretch. It truly is. Make no mistake about it. I'm like, I'm not playing. But at one point, we didn't trust General Mills. At one point, we didn't trust, you know, uh, what was it Post and freaking Kellogg's? At one point, we didn't trust Betty Crocker or Nabisco. And all of these major food companies have all had serious, massive scandals. Kind of makes you want to go to the farmer's market and skip it all. And I got to be honest with you, I recommend that you do so. Because it doesn't matter if it's Dole Foods. It doesn't matter if it's Cargill. Oh, you won't even know if it's Cargill anyway, because nothing comes out of Cargill with the, with the, uh, with the Cargill logo on it. You get your Smithfield turkeys. I know that. JBS doesn't label their stuff anymore. It's just, you know, random, random beef slab brought to you by JBS that you had no idea where they sprinkled the little red dye stuff on there. So it still looks fresh. And you have no idea how ranchers are literally three months from going completely out of business from the families having to sell the ranch, which by the way, they're trying to force the families to sell the ranches. I don't know if you notice this, but that's actually part of what the death tax is when they would the, the estate tax that they always want to put in. Oh, it's going to be a 55. It's going to be a 55% tax on the, on the wealthiest 1% of the 1% of the 1%, which actually just means a 55% tax on land that you're supposed to inherit it. For, you're supposed to be able to inherit from mom and dad, but you now have to sell in order to pay the tax. Why? So that BlackRock or Bill Gates can buy the land and the business and make sure you are shut out. Now that's what's actually going on. And it's provable. You can go back through the podcast episodes, most of the podcast episodes. And I'm not like I've already referenced entirely too much data here for me to actually say, hey, you know, I'm going to post all the links in the description. I am going to point you in a couple of places to go. You're going to want to go over to uh, the Glenn Beck radio program, uh, his, his his website to go to Blaze TV and try to and try to pull down those episodes because because he talked about it on the radio program, how how big meat was big crime. 
In fact, actually, I think you could pull it up on YouTube. He did a whole special on the meat mafia. And if conservatives would have been higher information voters, if they would be, if, if these talking heads would spend just a little bit time, a little bit more time in asking themselves, because here's the thing. I heard it. And my first thought was, this is what happens when you ascribe incompetence to malice. Because if they would have looked at it as the White House engaged in a malicious act, then you ask yourself, why did that red-headed heifer mention the meatpacking industry? Why did she mention the meat conglomerates? Because we're, Because here's the thing that they all forgot. Your cattle rancher is not part of a conglomerate, not typically. Your average cattle rancher is not part of a conglomerate. He's a sole owner, sole proprietorship, maybe an LLC or something like that. But for the, but you're not talking about ginormous foods incorporated. You're talking about, you know, <clears throat> Redhorn Ranch in Santiago, Texas or whatever. If they would have taken the time out and not ascribed incompetence. And this is why this has been important. Everything that I've been watching in the news, everything I've been talking about in the news, it's because I dropped ascribing incompetent. Like, okay, well, maybe they're just stupid. No. They're diabolically disoriented, and this is malicious. That's all. And the diabolical disorientation is what accounts for the stupidity stuff. When you look and you go, seriously, that was the good idea that you came up with? Like, you don't actually think that's going to work, do you? Holy crap. You actually kind of got it to work. That's, but that's that diabolical disorientation. But everything else is operated with malice. And you don't even actually have, you don't have to stretch far to see malice. You can see these people on TV where they are mean, bitter, angry people. These are not the people who care about what you think. They don't care about what's good for you. They want their agenda and they want it now. And for most of them, I understand. Nancy Pelosi is getting so old, she can't tell the difference between privileged scrub and birdbath in a press conference in front of the national media. You know she wants this thing to hurry up and be done. She deserves for it to be done. She wants it to be part of her legacy. The corpse in chief, Joe, Joe Brandon, wants this to be his legacy. They don't care that it's killing us. They don't care that it's killing you. They don't care that it's putting you out of business, forcing you out of your job, keeping you, you know, putting you in these little pens with the great unwashed masses. They don't care. This is about legacy to them. Why is George Soros still a, still a thing? Why is 80-something-year-old Klaus Schwab actually still a thing? Why? Because they won't let it go. Because they've been pushing in this direction for a hundred years, and these this is the generation that wants to see it through now. Klaus Schwab wants his name remembered. Brandon wants his name remembered. Pelosi wants her name remembered. And not in the mediocre, oh, I'm going to show up in a history book. I was the Speaker of the House from like 1949 until 2081. She wants to be able to put the stamp and say, I did this. It's part of the reason why they put that ugly Jaguar looking monstrosity up in front of the United Nations. It's the same thing. 
They want their monument to their own greatness. They've worked their whole lives for this. And they're not going to let you, the little people, get in the way. There is actual corporate greed. In fact, it is all over the system. And all of the corporate greed can be measured on lists of Democrat Party donors. And a good portion of them can be measured on the lists of establishment Republican donors. You want the people on that list, you get you get Mitch McConnell's donor list. You get Lindsey Graham's donor list. You explain to me how those two old crusty buckets are still in the Senate. Who's providing Mitch McConnell with the stem cells to stay alive? And I can only assume they're turtle stem cells because the dude looks more and more like a turtle every single day. And I know that's an insult to turtles, who are, which are very fine creatures, but let's be real. That's got to be the kind of baby that he's, that he's actually digesting. They've come to the end of their rope and they're pushing it. But you have to remember, you have to remember, there is no more room for ignorance. I can ascribe ignorance to the likes of Tim Pool and some of these commentators who've never actually had like a real, like bona fide, legitimate working job who don't have any kind of faith whatsoever. I can ascribe incompetence to somebody like Russell Brand. Because he spent his whole life as a comedian, he was making fun of everybody, and he just stepped back, looked around, and went, wait a minute, and now he, and now Russell Brand sounds more Catholic than Pope Francis. But only marginally. But look at the people who are pushing this. They are all old, crusty, half-dead, one foot in the grave, the other foot on a banana peel. People. And they want this to be their time. That's why they're pushing so hard. They want their name on the Great Reset. Brandon doesn't care that he had to change his campaign slogan to some ridiculous Chinese-made Google-translated crap, Build Back Better. He just cares that he gets to put his name on the change and he's going to be remembered in history. Never mind the fact that they'll be cursing his name for generations and that's how he's going to be remembered in history. I mean, like, no joke. Trudeau, Biden, Macron, Sachs, Schwab, all these people, Bill Gates, all these people are going to be remembered, but they're going to be remembered as Mengele, Hitler, Rommel, Goebbels. They're not going to be, they're not going to be remembered as Washington. They're not going to be remembered as... Caesar. They might, if they're lucky, be remembered as a footnote the way Hannibal is. And they're going to lose. Like I said in yesterday's episode, all we got to do is knuckle down and be Catholic and, you know, educate our kids, educate our kids, have kids. Have kids and raise them in the faith. That's literally all you got to do. Have lots of kids and raise them in the faith. And then make sure that your kids have lots of kids and they raise them in the faith. 
And if you do that for three to four generations, you know what you have? You have your whole community is basic is basically a Catholic town. And if you're starting out in some place like St. Mary's where you've already got seven, eight thousand Catholic families, then you start sending out little colonies of SSPXers to go, you know, start spreading out the borders. And all of a sudden now, instead of St. Mary's, Kansas, it's now Kansas St. Mary's. We can't be thinking about it the way these people are thinking about it. They got all hyper. That's why they've been winding us up on four-year cycles of elections, because they wanted to try and accelerate it. Well, guess what? We're Catholic. For us, a blip in the radar is 200 years. For us, an election cycle is 500 years. For us, a movement is 1,000 years. Keep it like that and we won't have a problem. But don't let some of these, like, no joke. If you can communicate with these people, be like, hey, why are you defending big meat? It'd be great. And get them to wake up and be like, oh, hey, wait. Yeah, that's right. This this happened to be why, because this is the industry that they want, that the Democrats want to end. And we reflexively defended giant corporations, which have been fleecing the people for decades, if not a century as a knee-jerk reaction because, but, 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 but my business. Pray for these people. They've lost the plot. It's what happens when you're not paying close enough attention. Pray for the church. Do penance, make reparation. We're still in Advent and the great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.